Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Tales from the Attic. I'm your host, Donnie Salvo, and uh, if you're new here, this is what we do. I go up into my attic, I reach into a long box, I grab a random comic, I bring it down here, and uh, I read it, and we talk about it. Well, I talk about it, you listen. And um, fun ensues. But first, let's get a word from our sponsor. And our sponsor for this episode is Nothing's On, the Nothing's On podcast. That's right. It's where me, me, and my friend Daryl, Daryl Taylor, you know him from other podcasts as well. And um, we talk about TV, our favorite things in TV. Uh, what we're watching, what we're not watching, um, TV news, sometimes movies. Um, every once in a while, we have a guest on. It's kind of cool. A uh, lot of tangents. Yeah, a lot of ridiculousness. It's a fun time had by all. So go, you could get us there at the Nothing's On TV podcast there at... Um, where is it? Oh, it's on the iTunes, dummy. No, I wasn't calling you dummy. I was calling me a dummy because I just I just blanked there for a minute. And also, the Taylor Podcasting Network, which is the Taylor Network. WordPress. Com. There you go. So thanks to me for sponsoring this episode. And now we're going to read a nice heartwarming tale brought to you by Mark Wade and PJ Kraus. Um, this is a fun comic. Uh, it's by Boom. Boom Studios. They were big on the kids' books. You know, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's an upbeat tale. Uh, we're going to read Irredeemable, number 11. Yes. Irredeemable. Essentially, it's a, it's a book about... Um, a character named a Platonian who went crazy and he's like a Superman. So it's basically like, imagine if Superman went cuckoo bananas. So I'm going to take a sip of lemonade. Ah, lemonade, that cool, refreshing drink. And we're going to jump right into it. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. You ready? All right, we're ready. Let's go. We open up. There's a helicopter flying by. And uh, there's there's bubbles, word bubbles, balloons coming out of it. And it says, this is going to be good. Do you have popcorn on your planet? I should make popcorn. Talk. And it's a big demon-looking thing. And um, and there's a girl tied up in, in the helicopter. And, and he says, talk. And she goes, how do I know you're not lying to me, Orion? So that's Orion. And... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. And he goes, because I know how to kill and how to maim. Your mate is unconscious, not dead. That's my part of the bargain. And there's a dude who's laying there with, with blood coming out of his back. And it looks like angel wings on the floor of the helicopter. And um, so uh, the chick that's tied up, I believe his name is Betty Noir. And the guy on the ground is Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. 
Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. If he's Greek, it's Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. If he's, we'll call him Gil. Can we call him Gil? Good. All right. So Gil's laying on the ground and he's bleeding out. His wings are ripped off. And this dude, Orion, is like, "Yours is to entertain me, educate me." I admit, I'm peaked, Betty. Tell me your big secret. <gasps> There's a secret. I know a secret. More singing. Stop it, Donnie. And she, she's looking at her unconscious guy there on the floor, and she says, "I love Gil. I know you couldn't care less, but I need to be that. I need that to be crystal clear." And the demon dude's all like, "Yeah, whatever." It's a, he exactly said he was whatever. Continue. So. We're going to do a flashback. Wayne's World style. And there's um, Gil, and he's flying with Betty in his arms. And she said, loving him was easy from the start. And they're flying over, like, this island paradise. There's a waterfall. And uh, and then there's um, rocks and trees and stuff. And it looks like um, looks like something from Hawaii. Like, from the set of Hawaii Five-O. And, um, you know, she said, loving him was easy from the start. He He's a bear of a man. Hey, now. A born warrior. But there's not a cruel bone in his body. He has a heart as big as the world. That's a big heart. He might have a condition, lady. And he gave it to me without reservation. Towards me, he's always sweet and romantic. He's always gentle. He always makes me feel safe. And that... That was the problem. Gil is all surface. There's no mystery to him. And he's, he's handing her, like, roses and a, a box of chocolate hearts. And he says, This is how your culture celebrates this occasion, right? I asked Kittyan for advice. And she said, You did well, you goof. And, he, and she's all, I suppose... If you're as old as he is, you've outgrown any need for games or subterfuge. 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 I can't pronounce some words. Uh, Just if it's your first time uh, listening. Yeah, I'm bad with pronunciations. And with names. If you haven't gotten that so far. Yeah. Yeah. Four-time nominated Parsec. A Parsec nominated podcast. Apparently you can't talk either. Um, yeah, four times nominated for the Parsec Awards. And uh, guess what? I had nothing to do with that, as you could tell. Not good. Anyway, so they show him. He's sitting there. He's talking to them. Uh, to, uh, he's, they're at like a, um, the, the Plutonian, and they're talking. They're all talking. They're hanging out. And then, and they're like their little Justice League. They're hanging out in their little uh, headquarters, and and she's all he's comfortable with himself and comfortable with the rest of us. And I had begun to think that comfort was overrated. And then we go, and uh, we go to another place, and there's a Plutonian, um, whose name is Tony. She said, she said Plutonian. On the other hand, Tony. Every instinct I had told me that there's something smothering behind all that school, that Boy Scout charisma. And it's like a bunch of soldier dudes, and they're shooting laser blasts, and they're bouncing off his chest, the plutonium's chest. And she shoots somebody with some kind of crazy-looking gun she got. And she goes, I tried like hell not to be curious about it. But Gil and I, well, we weren't married yet, or anything much. We were still free to... 
imagine. And then uh, there's a fat soldier, and he hits her over the head with his gun, and she falls on the ground, and he goes, Betty, the Platonian, and he flies over, and he punches the guard in the face. And um, she said, what do you hit me with, a Volkswagen? And he's uh, and the Platonian's all like, you won't do that again. And she goes, I figured by the way you went off on him, i never seen you so worked up around me. And uh, Platonian's like, it was a perfectly measured response to the threat at hand. And she says, aw, you're saying nothing about me works you up? Oh, hey. She's like, aw, so you're saying nothing about me works you up? Oh, my God, she's seducing the Platonian. And he's all, no, that's uh, blah, 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 uh, uh. And she goes, relax, Tony, I'm playing with you. And she's all, to put it another way, how could you flirt with someone who has x-ray vision? And then she said, but you're interesting. Interesting when you break your character. And so, um, but Tony's like, you give me too much credit. I'm not an actor, Betty. This is me through in. And she starts to faint. And he grabs her. He goes, careful, are you okay? And he gives her x-ray vision on her, on her cranium, on her skull, on her head. And he goes, no sign of any concussion. She's like, I'm all right. Just embarrassed and wiped out. There's some place we could go chill. Someplace quieter than than Paradigm headquarters. Paradigm headquarters. And whatever lab equipment quit might be exploding. And he's all, my place is pretty quiet, baby. And she's all, you have a place? And he goes, I'm building myself. My own two hands. Women love guys who can build shit, boy. They do. Oh, they really do. Trust me. I can't build shit. And I, uh... Like, yeah. I'm not really... Well, when I was single, I was never really lucky with the ladies. And then I met my wife. Well, there's a long story. I'm not talking about me, man. I mean, I'm just saying in general, okay? Get off my... Shut up. And, um... He says, you want to see it? And she goes, yes, please. So he goes, all right. And he wraps her, his cape around, and he goes, I'm going to wrap this around so you can fly at a good speed. He said, air friction on bare skin could be dangerous. Baby. He didn't add that. I added it, baby. And she, and she looks at him all flirty-like, and she says, well, we wouldn't want to do anything dangerous now, would we? Boom! We're in the Plutonian's headquarters. And then she's walking through it. And there's these huge halls and statues. Now, he said he built this place, right? He built a statue of himself in his house. Does this dude... What? This dude is in love with himself. And she's like, oh, my God, Tony. It's huge. Where is this? She's talking about his, his place where he lives. All right? Pervs. So you know. He's all at the heart of a heart of a volcano gives me privacy you know when I just want to sit around and think think about the world think about stuff think about things I just want to I like to think I'm a thinker that's what he said he didn't say any of that I said that and he goes let me show you around and she's she says she's narrating again and she says and he did and the only thought I had the whole time was that I was alone with him not on a mission but alone 
secluded secluded and she grabs his hand at his mercy she didn't do that I'm just kidding. I'm sorry I couldn't resist <laughs> and she grabs and she goes you could be yourself with me Tony and he's like I don't know what you and she kisses she lays one right on him she kisses him in the face she's kissing him and, and she said to him you wanted me to do that and he goes Gil and she goes shh you don't have to protect anybody not here not now and you don't have to hold back and um he's all I'm not and she's all constantly but I have seen you in those moments you think I don't notice when you look like you want to burst out of your skin when you have feelings building inside you that would set the world on fire if you let them loose. I noticed these because those are the times when you look at me and you beg me to tell you I love you anyway. Lady, you're in a skin-tight costume. Everybody's looking at you that way. Anyway, and she kisses him again. Blam, blam, blam. Right? And so, <laughs> yes, in the uh, Tales from the Attic universe, uh, from now on, people will kiss, and the sound effect will be blam blam blam. <laughs> Why am I so weird? What the fuck? Anyway, so he's like, "Wait, we can't. I'll hurt you. I'll tear you apart." And she says, "Please, honey, it ain't that big." But uh, no, she didn't say that. She said, "I'll take that chance." Dude, she's going to take that... How horny is this chick that she's going to take a chance of having sex with a man who, who's like Superman? He could just, like... He could break steel with his bare hands. I mean, seriously. And she's just like, I'll take that chance. And, you know, he says, maybe you don't have to. And then he goes in his super secret safe, his super secret plutonium safe, and it's got laser beams, and he sticks his hands there, and he grabs it. What does he have in there? Does he have gold? Does he have, does he have riches? No. Is it, is it, um, does, does he have, uh, um, his comic book collection, um, baseball cards? What, what else? Do you, insurance papers? What else? What does he have in his safe? A candle. A candle. Yeah, I guess he's trying to set the moody. She's like, all right. So she's like, what's that? What's that? And he said, the only, the only thing like it in the universe. And as far as I'm aware, the no. Oh, here we go. The Haru Visna made it, and they swore it would make me mortal for as long as it burned. They were going to use it to attack Sky City, and she's all, does it work? And he goes, I never gave him a chance to light it. I don't know. I was never tempted to find out. He did, dude, what a line that is, huh? He looked at her and he goes, I was never tempted to find out. You know she was like... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so he lights the candle with his heat vision. And they start making out. And the next scene, um, she said, that night I could kiss him without bruising. My hands could run through his hair without cutting his skin. 
without cutting my skin sorry and it shows them man that candle's burning on the side and they are they're doing it they're doing it and doing it and doing it well they're doing it and doing it doing it well doing it and doing it and doing it well and like I mean they're doing every freaking position imaginable and um and she's she's all it was more than I ever could have fantasized Tony was like a wild animal. He was unchained for probably the first time in his life. And when I finally persuaded him to to let me look deep into his eyes, and she looked in his eyes and he got no pupils. There's nothing there. And then, you know, of course, he was like, at the end, he was all like, So he was fast asleep, right? And she, she turned over, she's looking at the candle. And she's crying. She's crying. Just, I don't know why. And then the candle burnt out. And then we're back to present time. And she looks all sad and, and whatnot. And then uh, the demon dude was all like, Wait, that's it? Your soul-bearing tale of woe? That's your secret? Big deal. And Gil's on the ground, man. He's awake, and he must have heard the whole story. He's crying a little bit. He's, he's all <laughs> crying. And then she looks at, at the demon dude and she says, for the last time, that's not my secret. And then he's like, oh, wait, wait. Oh, you're either very sentimental or very, very good. You did, didn't you, you crazy bitch? You stole a piece of the candle wax. And she's all, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Tony, the Platonian. <laughs> Tony, the Platonian. Say that 12 times backwards. Has the one and only... It's the one and only weakness he has. And I'll trade it for Gil's life. And that's the secret I've been hiding. I mean, that demon dude just smacked her in the face. And he goes, no, it's not. And she's all, I'm telling her the truth. And he smacked her. And he goes, oh, I believe you. But no. We both know it's not. And then poof, we cut back to Earth or yes I'm assuming it's earth and someone's holding bloody angel wings and uh, two people show up and and it's um here they get, see you know what's cool about this they actually have a character key in the front of the because I guess he killed four people already the plutonian so um so we have vault and Kidian show up I'm not sure I think Char Charabus is holding the wings. That's what we're going to go with anyway, Dimbit. And she goes, "What's up, Carrie? We got the alert. You have to break up a you have to break up a fight between Betty and Gil." And then Vault was like, "Holy crap, what happened here?" And uh chick's all like, "Did Tony?" And uh what's his name? Times Charboris Charboris is all like Tony wouldn't have left vehicle tracks someone or something else did this where's Quibbit and all of a sudden a portal opens he's all right here I had company you know you remember and he's all Enchanta get, did you get anything out of her and, and Quibbit's all nothing useful but I'm working on it so I guess he left her oh he goes in the meantime I left her prisoner in my lab no exit, nothing she could use. And so she was like, this chick Enchanta 
is going through his cabinets and then she's looking at her hand her hand is turning into computer code it's all zero zero one zero one zero one zero zero one zero one zero one zero 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 one that's what her hand looks like now her whole body spreading her whole body and she got nothing but her head is there and everything else is one 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 zero one zero 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 one it's all in 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 quibs like she's not going anywhere well yes she is dude because she she's turning into computer code and she's vanishing in the air i don't know what happened so sure sure but sure but he's all fine get me some intel on on what went through here and uh quibs looking at it, he's like uh the size and the footprint military trans uh, military transport aircraft would be my best guess uh strike that perfect guess because i'm quib i know shit and he goes according to air traffic records one came through here not a half hour ago and he's all destination camp benefield 22 kilometers due west he's all i know where that is and then he puts an energy bubble around the other three heroes and he goes and they're like hey a little warning and he's just all learn to keep up and boom we go to a house it's in the middle of nowhere and there's a van out there not down by the river chris farley fans no but it's out in the desert and there's a there's a house and a and a van and someone says cheerio and 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 there's a pair of lips female lips that go shh and so everything is uh Looks like they're getting ready for dinner, and uh, the kid who said Cherio is in a wheelchair, and they walk by. And there's a family portrait, and um, okay. So in the font, they have um, this these um, like chalkboards around their neck, and um, kind of things. So. Uh, the mother goes into the kitchen with the father and she she writes out how about the good plates tonight and he gives her the thumbs up so i don't know if these these people are mute or what and here comes mom walking out with a bowl a couple of bowls of food a couple and she looks shocked and the plates fall to the ground and there's the plutonian feeding the kid in the wheelchair and and another dude with a gem on his head is hanging out on the side. And Batonia looks over and he goes, Anita Lauren. Um, how you been? Sim Samara. Okay, so I guess the guy with the jewel in his head, Sim Samara. We'll call him Sam. These are the Daniels. They and Joey were my first foster family. And they look at the picture and then you see, oh yeah, there's a little Platonian there. How about that? Their parents adopted me when I was five and a half and gave me back right after I turned seven. Say hi. And and, and Sam's like, mmm, hi. But Tony's like, please sit. I know you can hear me. There's no need to be rude to my friend Sam. Say something. And the father's all, how, how did you find us? And Platonian says, Sam suggested I look you up. Sam, the Daniels haven't spoken a single word aloud since aloud since the day I left because they were afraid I'd hear them. 
and they do it in the he he's still feeding the the feeding the dude in the wheelchair um pretty creepily while this is going on and uh plutonian's like even after i grew up even after i became a superhero beloved by the world over who had sacrificed every sacrificed everything to protect the human race a thousand times they stayed afraid of me i'd love to hear why that is wouldn't you sam and um so now that guy Sam starts talking. He says, Tony says he remembers your parents referring to Joey as their little miracle. Uh, that day he came along unexpectedly after they adopted Tony. Was that why they returned Tony to the orphanage? I think someone with Tony's powers, even at that age, would have, would be help, helpful with a special needs child. And the father said, well, Joey wasn't born that way. And the mother's like, Lauren, hush. When they brought Joey home from the hospital, our mother, our brother begged and begged to hold him. He begged and begged and begged and begged and swore he'd be careful. But he squeezed the baby too hard. The Platonian's dishing out salads and shit and handing them. And then he just, before he eats a salad, his first bite of salad, he goes, pass the blood. The bleh. pass the bread, please. And he says, "Sam, would you like some?" Now we're going back to the to the military base, and the and the helicopters on the ground. The demon dude and the angel dude who's bleeding is on the ground, and the demon dude standing over him, and Betty's crying. And you hear from above, "Holy hell!" I see Betty and Gil, but who's that with him? Well, one of you say something, and and. One of them goes, Orion. His name is Orion. He's a demon, a hunter from another dimension. You weren't around when he came to Earth before we were, and he nearly killed us all. And 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 Carrion says, How'd you beat him? And Volt says, We didn't. Tony did. And um what's his name? Kukwa Charbus. Charbus. He says, I'm not worried. And Vault's like, well, great then. And he shoots a, a blast at at the demon. And then uh, the demon said to Betty, he goes, see, I told you they'd follow. This is, going to posit- this is going to be positively delightful. All your friends gathered around to hear the news. And she's all, please don't, I'm begging you. And he's all, too late. This is just too sweet not to share. And believe me. If you don't tell them the truth about little Betty Noir, I will. And it will kill them. To be continued. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Attic. If you would like, you could get in touch with me at Donnie, D-O-N-N-Y, S-A-L-V-O, all one word, at yahoo.com. And uh, if you have any suggestions, comments, criticisms about the show, feel free. Feel free. Email me. And um, also, thank you to me and Daryl for sponsoring this episode, Nothing's On. The Nothing's On podcast. Get us at the old iTunes or at uh, the Taylor Network dot WordPress dot com. I always forget that dot WordPress. It screws me up every time. Well, until next time, this is Donnie Savo saying, till next time, I'll 
Bye. What? Why are you still here? Bye.